0: boogie podcast here from sec country i'm your host john neighbors appreciate everybody listening in on this beautiful day here in the great state of arkansas lots of things to get to today and as always thank you for making us a part of your day today the arkansas spring game has been announced a date and a time but the location has changed. We'll get into that as well as some recruiting and some Arkansas-Oklahoma State basketball talk as well. But before I do, ever since I started this podcast, people have been asking me for advice, literally asking me in my DMs on Twitter, which is always appreciated. But it's usually about what team to bet on this week. Well, let me tell you this. Where you're betting at is just as important as who you're betting on. So that's why I go tell all my people to go to mybookie.ag. My bookie has been in the business for years, and the rep is rock solid. They do 100% cash bonuses, so off the bat, you're making money for doing nothing. And they have the fastest payouts. Seriously, it's just two business days. I would only recommend this service to my listeners that have been good to me. That's why I'm urging you to make your way to my bookie because when you win, they pay. They have in-game live betting, most rewarding player perks, and in the and in the business, and an all-new mobile site that makes on makes wagering on the go a breeze. Join now on my bookie will match your deposit with up to 100 cash bonus using promo code Erotic. That's promo code Erotic to activate your offer. Visit mybookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. The big news coming out of Arkansas land is that the spring game has been announced. Well, that's exciting, right? April 7th, a little earlier than normal, but still, it's a, it's pretty average considering uh, where a lot of the SEC teams are per- participating in spring practices and spring game. And it's at 1 p.m. The only difference is the location. It is not in Donald W. Reynolds Razorback Stadium. That's right. It's in War Memorial Stadium in Rock. So spark up. The de- great stadium debate, here we go. It's not unprecedented. This has happened before, but it's been quite a long time. And it seems to be for reasons of construction, because of what they're doing at Donald W. Reynolds Razorback Stadium. Uh, concessions, bathrooms, all those things going on. That way they don't have to clean it up and stop production a little bit. But uh, it's it seems to be something that makes sense for the most part. But some people are trying to maybe make mountains out of molehills as a welcome in Trent Shaded of SEC country as we're uh, our, uh, one of our main riders and also covers recruiting. So, Trent, I'm just going to start with that big topic. When you first heard about the news that they were Arkansas was moving the spring game down to Little Rock, do you think that it's true that just is solely has to do with construction? Do you think that there was maybe uh, some more to this story when it was announced?
1: maybe the construction has a little bit to do with it. I I won't rule that out as a possibility, but it's hard for me to believe that considering, you know, yeah, they, they also played, you know, they had all those, the scrimmages and I know they weren't necessarily open to the public, but scrimmages in the, in the fall where they, there was construction. I remember them playing one of them on half the field because of it. Um, They, they then played the whole season um, with construction going on, you know, in the end zone. Uh, So now that it's near completion, all of a sudden, um, they can't play there because of construction. I, I don't really buy that. And I, you know, when I read the statement from, from Hunter Yurcich, the new AD, I, I, it didn't sound to me like somebody who was necessarily trying to say that was all the reason. I mean, it, it sounded like somebody who was saying, you know, we want to, we want to keep this strong, our strong connection with Central Arkansas. We want to give them things. We want them to feel, you know maybe more like they're a part of the program than they felt like in the past recently. Um, and I, so I, I think, you know, maybe it's both things, maybe it's construction, maybe it's trying to reconnect more with central Arkansas, but, but I don't, I don't see how that uh, trying to firmly establish that little rock connection doesn't have at least something to do with it. You know, and, I, and I'm, I'm one of those guys who I try to think about everything, where it's coming from, what, you know, maybe maybe, Maybe it was part of the deal, man. I mean, look, maybe it was part of, yeah, Hunter, we'll get you in here. Chad, we'll get you in here. Um, but, you know, we want to make sure that that there are certain things that you guys are going to do. And maybe Little Rock was one of those because we've seen, you know, this is almost immediately. I mean, right before both got hired, they committed to playing Old Miss there. Uh, then both get hired. Now they're doing the spring game there. So I just think that there's probably something to – uh, the fact that they're definitely trying to to, to reestablish some some goodwill down there and, and have people feel better about potentially the future of, of playing in Little Rock. I, just, I can't see any way around that, basically, is what I'm saying.
0: And I agree with you. And this is coming from a, a guy like me who grew up in Fayetteville and was always uh, pro-Donald W. Reynolds Razorback Stadium when it came to like, more games there. Uh, I get you know the Little Rock angle, and I don't think there's a problem with having one game down there a year. Uh, just as long as it's uh, not one of the biggest games that Arkansas has. I think that still needs to be uh, in Fayetteville as much as possible. But when I saw this, I th- I think it's a good move. Even if it wasn't for construction purposes, I don't mind it. I feel like uh, the spring game up there in Fayetteville, yeah, it's all well and good, but uh, it's it just seems like this could be a, a real opportunity to, like you said, uh, show support and show love towards the rest of the people in the state. And I feel like if it's done right, if it's done in the way of people can still tailgate out there if the weather's nice, uh, if the setup is almost the same as a regular Little Rock War Memorial game, then I feel like it could be a lot of fun for fans to be involved in. And you know, it's kind of like one of those things that you could have, uh, like in basketball or in baseball, where uh, you know you maybe can't add more games, but you can add more events, more Razorback events in the 501 area, and that gives people a lot more chance, especially since it's free, uh, it, You know, there's it's open to the public and anybody can come. I'm curious to see how many people will get in because it was always advertised anytime Arkansas and Fayetteville. They're like, oh, we had 40,000, 50,000, yada, yada, yada. I'm curious to see how the Central Arkansas people will react to this and if they will pack out uh, the stadium, especially if it's free to get in and especially if they're allowed to tailgate beforehand.
1: Yeah, you know, you know I'm, I'm really curious to see what the response will be. And I think that will sort of help dictate what they do with it in the future. I, I don't think it's – I'm with you. I think it's a good move. And I don't think it's a terrible idea to, to potentially play it there regularly. Maybe maybe not every year, but maybe so. You know, I, I don't know. Maybe that's that's part of the compromise here. But one, one small, very small issue I do have with it is that there's a, a home baseball series. And not just mm-hmm. that – but an SEC series against Auburn. Now, the baseball game's at six in Fayetteville, the spring game's at one. So, I mean, if you really wanted to get after it in a day, I guess technically you could, but not many people are going to do that, if anybody. Um, And and so I I just don't know. Does does one take away from the other? I mean, this is a baseball team, John, that we're talking about You know as well as I do. They're going to pack bomb almost every weekend, if not every weekend, and and probably definitely every weekend in in conference play because this is a – consensus top 10 mostly by most rankings a top five even team a team that some people think can win a national championship um, so that that's kind of for me where I have a little bit of a reservation about it but what are you gonna do I mean he, he's, you know you can't not everything can be perfect um, so they're gonna play it at one that's fine even if you just want to watch the, the baseball game on TV you'll have an opportunity um, to, to go to the football spring game and then watch it afterwards so uh, I don't know. I guess if there were one small little thing, I would say, well, this isn't ideal. Uh, That would be it. Um, But, you know, hey, I'm sitting here nitpicking, and and overall, I'm I'm with you. I do think – I think it's a good move.
0: Well, I kind of wondered the same thing when it was announced. I said, okay, well, that's early, so it's during baseball season. When I saw it was a home series, I, I was like, surely there was a reason why they scheduled it for that. And I looked on war Memorial stadiums schedule and it looked like on the 14th of April, uh, they had an event already took taking place, but nothing oh, yeah. the weekend after or the weekend after. So I'm just curious if like, why, why surely they didn't do that on purpose. Surely they didn't think like, Oh, well, let's just put them at the same time. There had to be a reason why those, uh, why that those events conflicted because it, I mean, if, that, if it was just because they wanted to do it that weekend, that just seems like a bad PR move.
1: Yeah, I think probably initially maybe that they're about some, somewhere in those you know two- or three-week windows when they wanted to get it done. Because, you know, I mean, your spring game is based solely on when you want to have your spring schedule. Like Bielema, for instance, always wanted it late. He didn't want to start spring football until, uh, I guess it was usually after spring break. So they'd start one of the last schools to start, one of the last spring games. Every year, I mean, it was in, you know, what, very late April, almost May, almost right before school let out. Um, I looked just because I was curious what Morris had done in the past. Their their springs had been earlier, uh, more on par with kind of the rest of the country, um, starting before spring break, having that break, and then, you know, finishing up the couple of weeks afterwards. Uh, So the timing doesn't – it adds up with what Morris has done in the past. But you're right, surely there's something, you know – there was a schedule conflict with war memorial the next week or maybe even the previous week i don't know um that prevented them from from avoiding that baseball situation uh but yeah you know like like i said earlier we we're, we're probably nitpicking a little bit um nitpicking a little bit there and and hey at least it's not uh a noon baseball game and a 1 p m football game that would be just totally idiotic
0: mm-hmm. yeah that that would put uh, people in a bad way I do find it funny though that I've lived in Fayetteville my whole life and spring game's always been there and the time I actually moved down to Little Rock spring game follows me down here too so <laughs> I won't have go. to travel too far but I know you guys will but uh yeah I think I think it'll be a good event uh for Razorback fans and I know uh, it's exciting as long as they do it the right way man as long as they really build it up and blow it up into a great event uh, I think the fans will be very appreciative but uh let's move on to the recruiting side because there's been a lot going on in the past week For Razorback football recruiting. And uh, I know it's kept you busy and I know it's kept uh, Razorback fans intrigued as well. So instead of just getting specific with it, uh, just there's so much to cover. So I'm just going to let you kind of go through exactly what has happened in the past week in recruiting, how big it is, what it's meaning, what the future is looking like, because so many people are wondering how Chad Morris and this staff will recruit and will close out the first first class under Chad Morris. How are they doing so far? And that big weekend seemed like it was just that—a big weekend for a lot of these guys to commit.
1: Yeah, for sure. I'll, I'll try to be as as brief as I possibly can. But yeah, last last weekend was, I believe, ten official visitors, if I remember right. Maybe maybe nine official and, and one one or two big time unofficial visitors, even. Um, and it 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 was a great. I mean, it just it just worked out. I mean, they had a basketball game that was sold out, a good atmosphere, a good game. I think that showed a lot of them what the fan base is about, what they get in coming to Arkansas, the support they'll get. Um, I think that was huge for it. Um, and then just the staff. The staff's doing a good job. Um, they're trying to build long-term relationships in a short amount of time. And I think they've been as, as effective as you can possibly be in that area. Um, and, and, and you know, and really in general. I mean, anytime you get recruits to, to visit Fayetteville, um, I mean, you know, look, Arkansas has its, its stereotypes. I mean, no, we're, no one should beat around the bush about that. Mm. Um, hell, I'm from Oklahoma and it's the same thing. Mm. But when, when people come and visit Fayetteville, um, it's almost as if what's in your mind stereotypically sort of helps in recruiting because you get there. That's assuming you get them to visit. You get there and it, you're, you realize it isn't what, you know, you would necessarily think it would be. Um, you're blown away. And that leaves a really, really good impression on a lot of recruits. Um, the, the campus, obviously, it's beautiful. Fayetteville is beautiful. Northwest Arkansas in general, and there's you find out there's a lot of opportunity um, in the area. And so I, I think a lot of that they're, they're using, obviously, to work in the right direction. They're trying to get more players on campus. Um, I, I think they're just casting a broader net uh, than the previous staff. They're taking more chances with certain guys rather than, um, focusing all nothing all their energy on one one two one or two guys for a certain spot. I mean this this staff is like, look, we're, we'll put a ton of effort into three or four guys, and whoever takes the spot takes the spot, you know. And I think that's the right thing to do. And as a result, you get more guys on campus because of that. But this last weekend, you had two commits on on uh, Sunday, which was right after they got done officially visiting. Andrew Parker, who's a linebacker uh, from New Orleans, Courtrey Alexander. Uh, D.N. from Owasso, Oklahoma, in the Tulsa area. Um, and then two more on, on Monday. Um, and these two were the really, really big ones to me. Miles Mason, a safety from Alabama, Birmingham area, flipped his commitment from Mississippi State to Arkansas, which is, you know, anytime you flip an SEC West opponent's commitment, that's big. Um, this was a kid who had a bunch of big offers. Um, Auburn offered him. Alabama was interested um, you know Georgia, I think, was was really looking at him hard for a while. He had some some big time, a lot of SEC offers, and, and you know what? He chose Arkansas. He was one of the ones that made an unofficial visit. It was his second because he'd already taken his official. So um, that's a big get, and it really helps solidify a safety position in this class where Ar- Arkansas had a huge need. They hadn't been very good at safety, bottom line, these past couple years. They just haven't had enough depth. Um, so he's big, and, and then – Um, Rakeem Boyd, who I I think is kind of a diamond in the rough type of guy in the class. Um, a little bit overlooked because he was kind of a, he was highly recruited, went to A&M for a year, great issues, sent him to junior college this past year. Um, but at Independence Community College in, in Kansas, his last two games, um, he rushed for 300 yards in his regular season finale. Um, and then like 250 something. Uh, in their bowl game, which is, you know, obviously you're playing good competition there um, when you're playing that late into the season. So uh, he's a good player, talented player. was an SEC caliber player before, went and showed out with 1,200 yards at, at junior college, even though he was hurt for a, a decent amount of the year. Um, so he's a back that even though they've got some good depth at that position, he fits Morris' scheme and, and could potentially come in and, and maybe make an impact right away. So with all those, those new four players, Four guys, they're, they're up to 13 total commits and signees. Uh, that puts them in, in a good spot to now, these last two recruiting weekends, um, add another probably four, maybe five. I actually think they'll get to five more um, and have 18 total in this class. It's just there's not a ton of scholarships available. A couple have opened up here recently, but um, I, I think they'll get to 18, and, and I think they're in position to do that. you got two more official visitors this weekend. Um, an offensive lineman from, from Memphis, Ryan Winkle, who's a big one, um, and a linebacker from South Carolina, Jalen Moody. Both those guys are recruited by, you know, a handful of SEC schools. Um, so they'd be good to get. And then the, that last weekend before signing day, um, I guess a week from, from now, uh, they'll have another probably five to six on campus to potentially help finish out that class. So um, they're, it, it's, they're making strides. You don't look at the Rankings necessarily because it's not going to be high just because it's not a high number of signees, uh, but but they're filling in the gaps that they need. I guess is is the best way that I would put it, and they're filling in those gaps with guys who, you know, while they may not be a top fifty recruit in the country, they are getting recruited by the LSU's and the Alabamas and the Tennessees of the world, and, and I think that that's that's definitely a change from where we would have been say this time last year. I mean they've got. Four or five guys with a real chance to get, that are also on other SEC schools' radar. Whereas, you know, last year, or the year before, you maybe had one guy like that this late in the process. So it's a you've seen an improvement, and I think it's a class that that Morris can definitely build on.
0: Uh, Trent, remind me: is signing is the last official signing day? Is that the fifteenth of February, or is it the first? I always get it mixed up.
1: It is the seventh. Actually. Oh, it's the seventh. Wow. Okay, so I was way off. It's, it's the. A Wednesday in February is, is the early right. February is the way I always put it, but it's the 7th this
0: year. Okay, well, maybe I just felt like it was always uh, in that way. Okay, so in between on the 7th. Okay, so obviously that's just a few weeks away, a couple weeks away. So, uh, and we can end on this one. With your, from what you've seen on just on the recruiting side of things so far from Chad Morris and his staff, what, what would you grade them out as? Have they kind of exceeded expectations? How have they approached it a little differently from the previous stat? Just your overall synopsis of what they've been able to do.
1: I don't think there's any doubt they've exceeded where what I would have thought. Um, not only did they flip Miles Mason from Mississippi State, but they flipped Ladarius Bishop, who although he's an in-state kid from Ashdown, a really talented player. And so you flip two kids, and Bishop's already signed. I mean, he's a done deal. You flip two kids from from an SEC West rival that you're playing every year. That's big. Um, you've gone in. You've got kids like Mario Goodrich, for instance, who's a four-star corner top 100 type of player uh arkansas is now firmly in the discussion for him and he'll visit uh i guess next weekend but that's a kid who's lsu alabama georgia florida all these schools have offered and all these schools are going after so for arkansas to be in the discussion is just huge um so because of that you know I, i think it's the it's the guys that he's flipped and the guys he's gotten um, you know, like he's had a couple Texas A&M commit or Oklahoma commit, a Texas A&M commit have visited. Um, just the fact that, that these guys are being sought after by these other big time programs that Arkansas hasn't necessarily really gone head to head with and won very much in recent years. Now they're, they're doing that and maybe they won't win it, um, but they're at least getting them in the door. And to me, that's, that's exceeding what I would have thought, uh, when they hired him back in December, I, I wouldn't have thought that they would have gotten this many highly sought after kids to visit or, or consider or even in some cases commit um, with, with this little of time to work with.
0: they got a couple of weeks, and if they can continue to finish out strong and do as well as they have, at least in the start, uh, they'll have Razorback fans very excited for the future because their first recruiting class is always an important one. Brett Bielma's best class, no doubt, was his first one. Bobby Petrino's best class was his first one. If Chad Morris can get a great class in his first one, that can at least set the tone a little bit. And uh, who knows, maybe they'll be able to uh, surprise some people even in this season, but only time will tell. Trent Shaded of SEC Country, recruiting expert. Appreciate it, Trent, as always, man. I'm sure we'll be catching up next week.
1: Hey, thanks, John, man. I appreciate
0: it. Let's continue on our conversation and talking about Arkansas basketball, taking on Oklahoma State this Saturday. Bud Walton Arena will be a huge game, part of the SEC Big 12 Challenge. Oklahoma State absolutely throttled Arkansas last year in Stillwater. We'll see if Arkansas can return the favor. I know that there's a lot of vengeance and revenge that want to be had, especially with Arkansas finding a little bit of a spark. So it's going to be a huge game for Arkansas, especially with their RPI and all the things going on there. But, uh, you know, let's let's just not even get into anything before – before, before uh, anything happens there. So let's go ahead and continue that conversation uh, as we welcome in Philip. Uh, Philip, uh, I I've, I've completely missed out on him. What was your last name again, Philip? Uh, Slavin. Philip Slavin. Okay, because I was looking at your Twitter account, man, and I was like, well, it just says Philip, so maybe he has one name. But no, Philip Slaven. Perfect. So that, <laughs> that that works out, man. Uh, PistolsFiringBlog.com. Uh, uh, he of course uh, I went on to his uh, his blog and we had an interview as well talking about Arkansas. So it's only right that we return the favor here. So Philip, let's just talk about the Oklahoma State Cowboys. They're, 13, sure, sure. they're they're 13 and seven right now overall, three and five in conference. They're always a team that seems to be like and you know, like Arkansas, where they always have teams that are in the NCAA tournament. They have a lot of history, uh, share a common background with the Eddie Sutton angle, uh, and so. This is a different team, Oklahoma State, than what Arkansas saw last year. Arkansas is pretty much the same team, missing Moses Kingsley and Dusty Hannes. But now, Oklahoma State, they got a new coach, they got a new team. It just looks like a complete makeup. So, just overall, what do you think of Oklahoma State this year, the job that's been done there? And uh, is this about what you've expected them to be so far this season?
2: Uh, Expectation wise, uh, yeah. Uh, I think we all knew coming into the year that it was going to be a struggle for them to hit the number of Big 12 wins they would need to make the NCAA tournament. I think right now they're probably about on pace for what we thought. Um, I'll give Mike Boynton credit. The, the, he's uh, It's his first year at the head of Oklahoma State. It's his first year as a head coach. He was an assistant coach with the team last year uh, under then head coach Brad Underwood, who decided to bolt to Illinois for the bigger paycheck. No bad feelings there. Um <laughs> so far we were all very hesitant when he was named obviously didn't have uh, hadn't been head coach before uh, didn't know much about him when when he was named we all kind of went who um but uh, i'll give him credit so far he's done a fantastic job um, he's really gotten the team to to fight uh, and to play hard um, there's not a lot of talent on this team. Um, Juwan Evans uh, is gone to the Clippers. Uh, Phil Forte ran out of you know, eligibility. Uh, there's no NBA guys on this team. There's no five-star guys on this team. Um, they play hard. Um, they grind out games, but you can tell, especially late in games, that there's just not uh, there's just not a lot of go-to guys, uh, which which would explain why they're three and five, um, blown a lot of leads on the road. It's a, it's a fun team to watch, except for when it gets bad. Um, they are entertaining. They do fight. Um, they're trying to have a defensive uh, identity. Um, offensively, it's, it can be rough at times. But um, uh, I, I think they are just a couple of wins away from maybe sneaking into the tournament. But it, it's going to be tough.
0: Well, this game against Arkansas is obviously – it would be a good one for either team as far as RPIs go. And, you know, Arkansas, they got a great RPI right now, have a great strength of schedule. But uh, the thing that they're lacking is just the wins to go along with it. And this game, Saturday, being at home, sold-out crowd, Bud Walton Arena is a very difficult place to uh, go into. Just what do you think in this game? Do you think Oklahoma State can win it? Do you think they have a chance? Just how do you feel about the Cowboys' uh, feelings going into this matchup?
2: Um. I think OSU has been a little bit up and down um, since conference play started. Um, haven't been able to win a road game yet. Um, yet uh, two of the – one of the, they, they beat Iowa State at home in overtime, beat OU at home in overtime. So uh, if Oklahoma State's going to win, it's not in any way, shape, or form going to be a blowout. I do think they can win, and I think if the game is close. You and I talked about this uh, for the blog. Um, where Arkansas's biggest weakness is probably free-throw shooting. Um, The reverse of that is true for Oklahoma State. uh, Heading into Big 12 play, they were number two in free-throw percentage. Um, They're still in the top 15 right now. I think they're hitting about um, 77% of their free-throws. So when they get the chance to go to the line, they hit those shots. Now, the, the difference for OSU is they just don't get there very often. The... They fall into habits with uh, you know, shooting a lot of, of long jumpers, a lot of threes uh, when the half-court offense isn't isn't quite working. Um, so if man, if, if it could be a close game at the end, OSU's already won two games in overtime. They've had to claw back to win games. Uh, they know how to fight in close games. Now, if it's a if it's a blowout, if they're down by 12 or or, or double digits, you know, late in the second half. Uh, I don't know if they can find enough offense to come back and, and, and mount a win. But if they can keep it close and it can come down to free throws, I, I can see Oklahoma State uh, pulling off a win.
0: It's it's going to be a battle, I think, between these two teams because even in Arkansas's wins at home in conference play, they've all been nail biters to the very end. So nothing's come easy for the Razorbacks. But you asked this question to me about Arkansas, and I'm going to ask you the question to you, and I know you maybe alluded to it a little bit. Uh, there in your previous answer, but strengths and weaknesses of Oklahoma State, Arkansas, they're a hurry up team. They like to run you up and down the court. They like to score out in transition. Uh, they like to, to hit three sh- three pointers. They they have that really fun style to watch, but it also comes with the weaknesses. So with Oklahoma State, what's their strength and well, as in what's going to they need to do to beat Arkansas? And what's their weakness in which case Arkansas could take advantage of?
2: Uh, well, again, biggest strength really is free throw shooting. They 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 shoot them well. Everybody on uh, on the team shoots over fifty percent. Now, saying that they don't get to the free throw line enough. Um, unfortunately, this team likes to shoot a lot of threes, and settle for a lot of threes. Unfortunately, they're a horrible three point shooting team. Hmm. I, I, if I last, if I remember correctly, they are uh, as a team below forty percent um, overall. They've got one guy. Um, who can hit the three consistently unfortunately he doesn't get to play a lot so he might get three or four attempts he'll probably hit two or three of those he's just not going to get to shoot a lot um, the other thing I would say as far as weakness it, it depends point guard play for Oakland State has been suspect at times um, Kendall Smith who transferred in at the start of the year as a grad transfer um, started the year as a starter uh, about five games ago, got benched uh, for sophomore Brandon Averett. They're they're two de- very different styles. Um, I think combined they make a really really good point guard. Uh, unfortunately, um, that that we can't you know they're both two different guys, so it doesn't quite work that way. Uh, if man, if they start settling for threes, it can get it can get bad. It really can. Uh, but if they can get inside. Uh, you'll see the two guys inside that'll play the most, will be Mitchell Solomon and uh, uh, Sema. Neither one of them is going to wow you with any offensive ability, but when those two get hot, um, and the team allows itself to play um, within the paint, go into the paint, uh, be aggressive, go toward the basket, um, they they can hit they hit more shots, obviously, and they get to the free throw line, which is is a benefit for them, but. If they start selling for threes, look out.
0: Will you be attending this game or are you uh, just going to be watching it from afar?
2: Uh, well, I was going to watch it at home, but apparently I've got a, a buddy with an extra ticket who's headed to the game. Uh, his grandmother has season tickets and has lent him a couple. So nice. it's looking like I might actually get to go to Fayetteville for this one.
0: Okay, so have you ever been to Fayetteville or been to Bud Walton or anything like that?
2: I have been to Fayetteville. I actually live in Arkansas and married into a Razorback family. So <laughs> I've been to Fayetteville a couple times and been to a couple of football games uh I have not been I have not been to a basketball game yet I have not been in Bud Walton Arena mm.
0: I see. Well, I can tell you this, man. Uh, it's, it's something to behold. And I went to the U of A, so you, know, you can say I'm biased or anything, but I, just even talking with people <laughs> that haven't been uh, to Arkansas, every time they go there, they are just absolutely blown away by Bud Walton. And I'm just glad you're coming, if you get to go to the game, coming to one that's going to be sold out and going to be a crazy atmosphere because those are the most fun. So uh, it should be a really good time. And I'm sure uh, you will enjoy, at least I hope you enjoy it because uh, it's uh, be, a fan, Rage raceback fans are nice man don't let them get to you oh
2: no i, I want to do i'm a i'm a big fan of college basketball I, I i loved college basketball before i loved college football but that's back when Oklahoma State was a, a basketball school and we made you know the final four back in 0304 season i love a good sold out uh college basketball game because when that you know when that crowd gets rowdy whether it's yours or the opposing fans or man, it, 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 gets fun. It really gets fun at a basketball game when it's, when it's sold out and loud and rowdy and it's a good game. You know, I, I'm really hoping for a good game. Uh, I, I thought it would be closer last year and OSU one going away, which was surprising. I'm, I'm a little worried. That might be what happens, uh, this year. Uh, I might bring a, a sweater to pull over my orange shirt, but, uh, <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. I think it's going to be, uh, I think it'll be fun. Well,
0: I'll be interested to see what you think about it because I'll, I'll maybe hit you up and see, uh, get a little uh, reaction to what you thought about Bud Walton after the game, regardless of outcomes uh, if Arkansas or Oklahoma State wins. But it should be. Oh, absolutely. I mean, yeah. I
2: can say unbiased. You know, we lose. I can say it was a nice arena and the fans are nice. Yeah. You know, even, even if, even if we get, you know, Creamed.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's the best way to look at it, man. That's the best way to look at it. Philip Slavin of pistolsfiringblog.com. Really appreciate you joining us, man. Great stuff. Uh, I know it's going to be a fun game, and uh, hopefully, you enjoy your trip to Fayetteville, man. I'm sure we'll catch up soon.
2: John, thank you very much. Pleasure to be on here.
0: Well, appreciate everybody listening into the podcast today. Be sure to like and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or on SoundCloud. You can also get after me on Twitter at Your Neighbor John for any questions, comments, concerns that you may have. And We'll be sure to keep it going right here all next week. Same podcast time, same podcast channel next Monday. Have a great night, everybody. We will see you then.